Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to season four of The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we discuss business agility through customer experience, employee experience, and digital transformation. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full stack technology services, talent services, and real world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at gregkillstrom.com and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile Brand Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how to utilize a continuous growth mindset in order to achieve career success. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Gina Tokar, Vice President, Business Operations at Panasonic Systems Solution Company of North America, also Vice Chair of the Newark, New Jersey Downtown District Board of Trustees, and Executive Sponsor of RISE, which is Panasonic's Women's ERG Group. Gina, welcome to the show. Oh, Greg, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, really looking forward to talking with you. Um, why don't we start by uh, you giving a little background on yourself and your current role at Panasonic? Excellent. So you've already mentioned my title and the company. It's a mouthful, so I won't repeat that. Um, but what we are, we're a customer focused organization that provides technology solutions across a number of different vertical markets. Um, our solutions are used in, you know, our tough book solutions are used for uh, military first responders. We're in immersive entertainment with audio and visual uh, systems as well as with uh, smart manufacturing solutions. And then we also play a role with food lockers, kiosks uh, in the quick serve and retail space. Um, my role in operations uh, you would be more thinking along the back office, but when you think about the back office, I think you're not doing justice. Um, I think organization is a living, breathing ecosystem made up of people, process, and technology. And the front end sales needs the back office supply chain systems, and the back end needs the front end, right? So together, because our solutions are used in improving the front end operations of our end use customers, our organization has to tie our back end and front end processes together together um, as an ecosystem. So my focus really, while I'm working on those functions, is really about the people, process, and technology transformation and continuous improvement that improves the customer experience, as well as increases employee engagement and develops employees to be further engaged to keep creating that value for our customers. And throughout my career, I have prided myself in continuous learning, being agile, um, and really being open-minded, listening to alternative perspectives to break down barriers, to provide innovation and keep on growing the business, our teams, um, and myself, quite frankly. 
that's that's great and thanks for that background and you get bonus points for mentioning agile in your in your intro as well <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well thank you well agility is a core component of continuous learning absolutely absolutely well yeah let's let's dive in here and why don't we start by talking about the need for agility in one's personal career tra uh, trajectory um why is it so important to have to have agility and why do you think it's becoming increasingly important agility means responsiveness means flexibility creativity right but at its core at its highest level for me it's a form of preparedness if that's the right word right agility takes into the fact all that gray area most of the world whether it's your career your business your life is in the gray zone, right? COVID is this example of this real big change that happened, right? Changes happen in our life every day, small and large. And if you are not agile, if you don't know how to adapt change, you're not prepared, right? You can't be creative, you can't be flexible. So agility at its core for me is really about being prepared for whatever comes your way. Right. And it's a skill set that I think if you're not agile and you're afraid of change, you need to find a way to really get it. Um, and I think in today's world, in my role, the supply chain right now is an example of something that for many, many years said, hey, we're a supply chain. But these individual components of the supply chain, whether you were in procurement or demand planning or the warehouse or transportation, many times they worked in silos, right, yeah. in different verticals. And they said they were a chain, but in a chain, you break one chain the chain doesn't work. Um, so now we're seeing the net effect of that in business and we really have to go to that core. Again, every process right at the core, every process we have is people, process, technology. And mm. if you're an employee, for me, it's accountability and responsibility for you to have an agile mindset because you can't always wait for somebody to tell you what to do. Right. You have to take that ring and you have to sometimes be really proactive. Right. You have to get your voice heard. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you kind of touched on this, but how has this approach um, affected you personally? You know, how has it been beneficial to you in your, your own life and career? Well, for me, um, I've always been uh, the different person in the room uh, in my career. And early on, my interests in STEM sort of careers was probably not traditional for a female at the time. And so I've always been different. Uh, and to be different in a room, um, a lot of the times, like is like, right? So people have a way of communicating when they're similar. And when you're different, you have to learn either to adapt and to get your voice heard. You have to find allies, whether it's in your educational area, whether it is in your business area or your personal life. And I think for me early on, I used that agile mindset to be open to how others thought and to use history, to use looking at their cultures and the diverse backgrounds they already came from and really listen to them and their perspectives so I could learn, right? It's that opening mindset and to say, wow, that perspective is different than what I thought. It adds to the topic. It adds to my career. So 
it isn't always about being the loudest person in the room. I think it's about understanding where and how to get the support you need to make change. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And to, to follow on that, I mean, you know, change that change is is difficult for for anyone really, but for you know, particularly for for many people. In addition to agility, uh, you know, how does sheer tenacity and, and courage play a role in, in helping people grow in their careers? Tenacity, going back to that, you're not the loudest person in the room. Tenacity means if you feel that you're not being heard, if you feel that your skills aren't being used, right? It's about going after it in a way. As an example, volunteering for projects, right? Yeah. Uh, going in and saying, hey, you've got this project in the company going on. I think I can contribute. I have ideas. You know, I wasn't picked for this team. How can I get on it? I'm willing to give you my time in addition to doing my job. Right? So you're putting yourself out there to show that you're capable. Um, courage to speak up, right? It's tenacity and it's courage that kind of go hand in hand. And knowing which battles to choose, right? If everything's a battle, if everything's a battle, you're going to be seen as a complainer, right? So you have to pick what is important with you. What do you think will really make a difference for your career, will make you happy? So you have to have a lot of self-awareness. You have to really understand your own warts. And then you have to understand what comes with putting myself out there. What is it I'm really afraid of? And what is it I think the organization, I'm going to contribute to that organization. It will help both the organization, the customers, and myself. And that's accountability and responsibility to me. And yeah. you have to get those skill sets and you have to raise your hand because let's face it, not every boss is a good boss. Not every boss is a leader, a true leader. Uh, so you have to find that network, those allies through your peers through other avenues to help you get heard and I think volunteerism is one big way for that to make your voice heard yeah that's great and that, that kind of leads us to the the managers and the you know the bosses and you know let's talk a little bit about applying agility to, to management of teams and management of a business so, you know, just as change can be difficult for individuals, um, as a team, you know, it can cause anxiety, loss of morale, loss of focus. Um, how can a leader mitigate this and um, demonstrate the change and evolution or that change and evolution can be a great thing? Uh, communication. And when I say communication, the first step is listening. You have to listen to all the voices on your team. As a leader, when you have something major happening, like the shift to hybrid work or these as examples, these are big examples that make change. But in every day, you know, whether your business is bought or sold or you have a, just a new project, new product coming out, you have to assess your team, one from their skill sets, two from their fears, right? That takes EI, it takes listening. Um, you have to embrace their diversity. A long time ago, 
when I was really young in my and early in my career, I was given the opportunity to um, launch a product and I was allowed uh, through some a volunteer group to get a group of employees to help launch this. And my first thought, because I wasn't really familiar with launching a product and, and, and all of that, and I lost the basic point that I needed to look at all that diversity and all those functions. And what I really thought was I needed a bunch of product managers and they were gonna help me on this team to get this done. Right. But you forgot it takes a lot more than the product managers. Right. There's other skill sets. There's the engineers. There's the finance people. And as soon as I picked the team, I realized my mistakes and you were able to become agile and pick the right people to get in there to make it successful. But in there, you had to understand what was the skill of that team. Did I have the right skill sets on the team? And of those individuals who have those skills, what point of view were they coming from? Right? What was their background? What was their experience? What did they see? Hear their voices, allow them voices, and allow them the ability to experiment and to fail as a team, but also to lead by example. Right? Change is a four-letter word to people. It's a four-letter curse word to many people. And as a leader, you have to have the courage to be right there with your team to show your own mistakes and lead by example. And the new buzzword, you know, I don't know about you, Greg, but I'm reading in the last six, seven months, the new buzzword for the year is empathy, empathy and leadership. Mm. Well, if you didn't have empathy and leadership and somebody has to tell you to have empathy and leadership, (laughs) you have a problem. Right. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. And so um, to kind of follow on that, but but bring it back to the, the first point, you know, how do you balance because you're talking about team dynamics and, and listening to the members of the teams. If you're a member of the team, how do you balance the needs of the team with your own personal growth? Like how you know, how would you coach someone to, to think about that? Well, I coach. Uh, at least what I do with our team, my team and the broader PSSNA team, I coach them to be continuous learners. No one person, especially in a technology company, has all the skill sets. You need to know what you're capable of. You need to know what's happening in the industry. And I don't care what level of the organization, you need to learn these things. You need to find that information and you need to do it both in structured learning and non-structured learning, frankly, right? Uh, Amongst your peers. So gathering that knowledge. And then the next thing is EI, right? I think it's really important for teams to have some EI because with EI, you begin to understand the viewpoints of your team. um, And you have a right being and growing in your career or wanting the next step or wanting challenges, or wanting to even change your career. That's life. But as an employee of a company, as a committed member of a team, you also have a responsibility to your team, like your work family, right. And for me, you can gain your growth, but 
growth also comes from peers on your team and hearing their viewpoints and seeing the dynamics of what they know and using their expertise um, in their field. If they're technical and you're not so much, you can work with them to learn why the technical aspects of this particular project are very important. Right. And how that can help you grow and maybe opens your eyes that maybe you want to get into a technical career versus the accounting career you were on. Right. And yeah. how would you go about doing that? So it opens doors. I'll give you an example. Uh, in, early in my career, I was given the opportunity by my old planning partner who had left the company and gone to another company. And he uh, went on into a senior planning role uh, for um, corporate planning and had decided about two years into his stint there that he was going to go back and change his career and go back to medical school. And I will give him credit because this is an example. He went back to his employers as part of that team who had given him him an opportunity and said, I want to grow my career. I want to go in this total direction. So I'm going to wind up leaving the company, but I'm going to give you a replacement person to interview. I know somebody, um, I can make a seamless transition and I'm not going to leave you in the lurch. To me, that's a fine example of having accountability and responsibility while you're seeking your growth to allow the organization that you had responsibility for and with an ability to continue on much more seamlessly. So that was a great example in a career for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How does, um, there's there's still companies that really don't know what the return to work, you know, return to the office plan is. And, um, you know, many are staying remote, some are, you know, adopting hybrid. How does all of this, you know, both the unknown as well as just what seems like for most organizations, some kind of ongoing hybrid work scenario. What kind of, what are challenges and maybe even opportunities for leaders as, as they manage change within their, their organizations along those lines? So I think, you know, the hybrid, all these different work models, they're just another point of time. Uh, you know, all of them are going to be here to stay. And what it's showing is that employee, the employee experience is as important as the customer experience, because the customer experience relies on the employee experience. And I don't think there's a one size fits all model for any one company or specifically for functions within that company and how they work. Yeah. or for the diversity of the workforce. And I think it's very prudent for leaders to understand, maybe you are from a generation where you were very used to being in the office and you were used to that water cooler and your you know, Zoom fatigue is in. Right. Well, how do you see people if you don't see them on camera? So not every meeting has to be a camera meeting, but you pick the right points of saying, hey, I have one time a week where I want to see the team together. And maybe you have one meeting with varying folks one-on-one -on -one where you say, I just like to see it. You know, every other week we'll put the camera on. And it's really important for people because you need to get eyes on people. You can't just hear them, right? We have five senses for a reason. You have to be able to see how your employee does the, how they're coming across visually. Is that showing stress 
even though you might not hear it in their voice because their voice is covering it up. And you have to have real earnest conversations with them. And you have to understand uh, their personal issues as well, their, that empathy, so that you can make the most of what they have to give and that experience. So I don't know that, you know, two days a week in the office is right for everybody or three days, uh, it could be positions. I mean, frankly, right. there are some positions that aren't, that must be done, you know, outside of the tech industry, you think of waitresses or, or you know, grocery store workers, they're stocking shelves. So how can employers work with them in their model and give them a sense of value? It could be by different shift work, right? To enable them to have some capability for their personal lives, right? It yeah. could be by bringing in certain daycare for them. Again, it has to go by what the businesses are doing. Um, you know, what is the, the goal of the business? But yeah. leaders need to tailor their approach to their team. It doesn't mean that every employee gets everything they want, right? It's a give and a take, but it's a relationship. And to get the most out of people, you have to understand what your barriers are. You can't break them down. Well, uh, last topic we'll talk about here. Uh, let's talk about uh, the power that diversity, equity, and inclusion can play when building stronger teams. So there's been a lot of studies about um, how more diverse executive teams are able to get better business outcomes. Um, what advice do you have for leaders to take real action here if their DEI efforts are not moving swiftly enough? I think it goes to a bottoms up approach for me on this one. Um, and I'm gonna give you an example straight out of our group. We have something called a high performance culture team. And this started as a grassroots effort uh, to engage our employees, to have conversations, whether it was top down, bottom up or middle out with teams to really hear viewpoints and how to improve that employee experience, which ultimately impacted our customers. Um, and it started with a smaller group of people, maybe, you know, seven to 15 people were on that group. It has since expanded to what we call the cultural um, high performance culture ambassadors. And that ambassador team is now representing roughly 30% of our organization is on that. And they have different areas of concentration, communication, uh, diversity and inclusion, uh, leadership and how they can work through leadership and employee development. And they are actually a voice of the group. One of the things they're working on is a group of employees that can be a foundational based employees from all levels of the organization to work with the executives to hear the general voices. And they are proposing and these ambassadors go out across our organization and each one of them grabs employees so they hear it from the masses right and then they kind of bring all the topics that are on mind of our employees and they act as the sounding board for the executives and through one of the things that we've done in here for diversity of thought that also allowed employee development we created a virtual um, project talent board that came out of the ideas of these employees that allowed employees to volunteer for projects that managers need support on 
And that allows them both the development and growth opportunity, allows them to learn different aspects of the business and allows a diverse opinion to come in there. So when you're talking about hiring for diversity and everybody struggles with that um, because of, you know, looking at the numbers, uh, you know, do we use blind sort of uh, resumes, all these things that come in. I think start with your employees that are diverse and if they're not and get that input and you know those are conversations that people don't like to have because it isn't always comfortable when things are different but if we were always comfortable we wouldn't have innovation if we would always be comfortable we wouldn't make change and we wouldn't be competitive and everybody's voice does need to be heard so i think that's where if you go back to the courage standpoint i think you need to give your employees a voice and you need to take them seriously right it is not lip service true leadership does not give lip service to the employees but employees at the same time have to understand you are part of the team you have this opportunity for a voice, but you have clear accountability and responsibility. So it goes back to what are the real important things on the table? And all companies are resource limited, right? Time, money, people, technology, process, whatever it is, you're resource limited. So you're going to have to wheedle down that list to the things that become most important for the and most capable for you to get done, right? And, And I think it's really a viewpoint of slicing, dicing, and communication, right? Yeah, yeah, agreed. And, you know, I mean, I, one way of looking at it and uh, that I like to look at it is um, thinking of diversity as a competitive advantage, right? I mean, if you have more diverse ideas, if you have, you know, more, I mean, I I use the thing, like if I want to be in a room full of people that agree with me and have the same background and opinions and whatever, like I can probably do that job all by myself (laughs) because... you know, it's the, the value of a team is having those diverse opinions and, you know, just embracing that and, and seeing it as, you know, the best way to get that, uh, you know, that advantage of just having a, a broader perspective. Like I just, I, I see it as, as pretty straightforward. Um, I wish others kind of em- embraced that as well. Well, I think, you know, you can use another example there. I completely agree with you. And for me, I, I don't, I, I guess I honestly, I just look at an individual for, you know, I, I want to understand where you came from, how you think, why do you think differently? I consider myself very inquisitive, right? Yeah. Yeah. My kids would probably consider me an interrogator, but I ask <laughs> a lot of questions, right? And part of the reason I ask those questions is I want to learn, right? You can't learn, you can't innovate. And you can't really be a good leader if you can't accept the differences in people. Right. Exactly what you said. But let's take software development as an example. Right. People work differently. Um, and how, you know, software developers need diversity because how people use their applications and how they design them, they have to design them for the different ways people work. And that's one of the things I try and work with some of my new managers and new leaders is, you know, they want to 
sort of dictate to people what to do, how to do it. Yeah. And I think you have to get past the dictating and you have to get past the having people work exactly like you do. You have to give them that space to work the way they're comfortable, to view their input, and you have to listen to that input. Otherwise, you're right. You might as well just sit in a room by yourself and pat yourself on the back. And, and by the way, that's not, that's not accountability and responsibility. That's not continuous learning. That's not personal growth. Because if you only want to hear the good things, it, yeah. you're, you're really not being honest with yourself or, or doing your due diligence for your customers or your employees or the business. Yeah. Com completely agree and and you know i'll confess i early on in my career especially you know i definitely struggled with that you know it's it's you want to be right and you want to you know you want to um you don't want to necessarily be disagree like confrontation didn't come naturally to me and you know or especially early on now i kind of embrace that idea of man if someone's disagreeing with me and and wanting to talk about it that's the most valuable thing that I could possibly get. Even if, even if they aren't hundred percent, right. The dialogue about something and just coming at it from a different angle that I never would have thought about makes the overall outcome more valuable. Well, confrontation, it, it, you know, there changes sort of like a four letter curse word for many people. Confrontation yeah. is a four letter curse word, right? Mm -hmm. um, it, anything that makes somebody uncomfortable, but frankly, you can't have change without getting out of your comfort zone. The world is, is, is not a straight playbook. Playbooks and rules and guidelines, they're guidelines, right? There's not an answer for every situation. And it goes back to that famous word, um, agility, right? Yeah, yeah. How do you take a strategy and execute, right? The plans just never work out the way you think they are. Um, and you have to continually figure out what's my next move it, almost like a chess game or a football game or whatever game you like to play right it doesn't always the world doesn't always work the way you need it it, it throws you curveballs and you have to be prepared and with that you have to use your skills that tenacity that courage that ei you have to use the people around you um, and sometimes you're going to have confrontation. So again, it's it's not that it's not going to happen. It's how can you make it happen and make it valuable yeah. and not degrading a situation, right? Yeah, absolutely. And well, Gina, thanks so much for joining. I love that you actually brought agility back into the the, the <laughs> last the last uh, point of discussion there. But um, well, for those listening, uh, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're, uh, you're doing? Uh, they can get with me on LinkedIn, on Twitter. Um, always happy to connect with people. And uh, they can also find uh, what's going on at Panasonic System Solutions Company of North America through the Panasonic website. Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Gina Tokar, Vice President, Business Operations at Panasonic System Solution Company of North America for joining the show. Thanks for listening to The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom. Talk with you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.theagilebrand.show. 
To get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, visit my website at gregkillstrom.com. Until next week, stay agile. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, click or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.